you're now tuned into the Shoot for Teams podcast with your favorite guys, Dorian and Kyle. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shoot for Teams podcast. It's your man, D Hill, the gift card bandit. Old man Ross, of course, sweatsuits and fly kicks. Hmm. So, so today we got Inglewood native, who's an entrepreneur, rapper, marathon runner, and a father. A brother that day-to-day makes no excuses, challenges himself to accomplish his goals while putting on for his city, Inglewood, California. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Inglewood Tiff. Man, what's up? What's up, y'all, man? My brothers, what it do? What's, What's up, bro, on, man? So talk to me, man. Talk about growing up in Inglewood in the 80s. How was that experience? Man, it was, it was fun, man. I tell people every chance I get, man, I had a wonderful childhood. Man, between, like, riding bikes and playing tag with, with the homies and right. um, the YMCA, basketball, man, and football at yeah. the park, baseball. Um, I tell people all the time, man, like Kyle's pops on the ice skating rink, man. We used yep. to go ice skating <laughs> yeah. um, two or three times a weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> great. My, my little brother played hockey. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah, was the funny. only kid I knew that played hockey. So, my childhood was fun, man. It, it was we were, we were like everybody says it now. Like, we outside. Like, no, we were outside like, for sure all day long, man. Like, all day. that's what I got in trouble for being away <laughs> from the house for too long, and then. You know, as we got older, certain things came into play, like the streets and the gang banging and, you know, dealing with the police and all of that stuff. But, you know, I, I think the being outside part, you learned a lot of conflict resolution, mm-hmm. um, which just among your friends. And then you knew how to move mm-hmm. out in the streets, you know, like. You would you would have so many fights with your friends. You ready for these dudes from the other neighborhood yeah. just by default? You know what I mean? So it, it was great, man. It, it was it was good, man. We, I mean, you learned everything. You learned how to fix your own bike. You learned how to count money, walk into the store. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you learned. We we try stuff like we about to try selling weed or something, and that wasn't for you. So you you knew that wasn't for you. You you learn. Some people learn how to handle guns and all kind of stuff. It was just endless learning day to day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I and I think that's the difference between us growing up then and the kids now. Like we didn't have no iPads and no cell phones. Nah. Like, we, like you said, we had to be outside all day long and like it gave us that opportunity to learn different stuff try different stuff like like you said like we might have done some stuff we're not supposed to but then you find you find out that if if that's for you or if that's not for you so but it it was that opportunity to be outside and to have those experiences that some of these kids now just don't have and and build bonds like like i'm in north kyle i don't even know how long i've been north kyle like (laughs) Like yeah, I a crazy amount of time. I, I couldn't yeah, even pick a, a number of years. I don't even know, but <laughs> like you, you went to your friend's house to play video games, yep. to play basketball. You, you got, you had to have a relationship with their parents, and right. all of that stuff came into play. And yep. that's that's why, like, we have real solid friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm afraid my son's generation, and they may not have those. You know, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a lot different now. Yeah. How old is your son? My son is eight. Okay. Right. Yeah, I got a five year old, so they they yeah. roughly they roughly in the same in yeah the same in the boat. same little bracket. Yep. Yeah. So when did you start hooping as a kid? Man, I don't know, bro. I have no <laughs> idea. Like I remember, I remember my first time playing uh, organized basketball. I was about eight or nine. Okay. Kyle was on my team. <laughs> it was me, Kyle, Jason, Shannon. Tony was our coach. Like, yeah, so you remember Tony. all that. All of coach it. Tony. All of it, man. Coach I, I saw coach. coach Tony recently, too, man. I stopped by his house. He lives around the corner from my mom. Nice. So I pulled up doing? on him. He's good, man. You know, get, getting a little older, but he's good. Jason was over there. Jason looks exactly like his dad. No hair. 
Oh, he's bald. He's Tony. Yeah, he's bald. He's Tony, man. It's crazy to see. It. He, <laughs> hey, 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 Dorian. He Jason had curly hair when he was young. Had a yeah. like a bunch yeah. of hair. Now he bald like me. So <laughs> yeah, like he, circle. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We we become our fathers, man. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, so so talk about that a little bit more though, like the YMCA experience. Um, how impactful was that? Hooping me, you, uh, Joey, Tony. Yeah, man, oh, it, it was great, man. Like I said, not not only um, the basketball aspect, but like lifelong friendships. Um, I still talk to a lot of people from the YMCA um, daily. You know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. Um, we all had so many battles. Just <laughs> you know, being on different teams every season, like mm. we we would battle and. Some people would get into fights or whatever, but it was all love. Yeah, we yeah. we played basketball every day, nonstop. Um, the fact that like other YMCA's or other teams would come through and get whoops and get molly whops. They used to kill. Even YMCA used to tear people. We used to tear them up, man. It was fun. You remember every Saturday, everybody had the J's on. Yeah, you had, you had to have your kicks right. Yeah, you, you, had, you had to wear your shorts right or your knee yeah. brace or yeah, your, your wristband. These yeah. <laughs> came with the headbands, all that, man. It was fun, man. I missed that. It was fun. It was. Really yeah, fun. I'm a little older than you guys, but I, I mean, I played at the YMCA too. It was just like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a a little solid community, man. I looked forward to I going to play there every Saturday. Like, even even if you had a game at twelve, you you, you try to ask day. your parents to be there early so you yeah, can see the like, boys play. Yeah. And just be hanging out. Yeah, you be that sure. that little kid on in the corner dribbling and the ball good on the court, like yeah. all that kind of yeah. stuff. Fun, <laughs> getting man. the chili cheese dogs, all that yeah. stuff. All that, man. <laughs> and then, then they put the uh, video games in that little room. Yep. Right? Oh, yep. Crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, Mike Mike Solomon, right? That was Mike it. Solomon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's love. So, That's so transitioning love. from 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 sports, like when did you get into like you know making music? Man, honestly, I got into making music late by industry standards. Uh, mm -hmm. I I love music. Like I, I'm I'm that dude that I still buy CDs. Bro. Like nice. I want to see the uh, the album notes and mm -hmm. who owns the publishing. Who wrote this and that? So I was always into that. I was always into just the business side of it. Um, so I mean, I, I I still have all of my magazines, everything. Oh, my Gosh, man, it's crazy. But I got into music. My brother was rapping. Him and um, his buddy. Um, my brother, you know, he wanted me to pay for some studio time for him. So I. Once he showed me he was serious, mm -hmm. I did that. Um, and eventually, um, a couple cousins of mine, we got a house in Gardena that their mom, their mom moved to Tennessee and left the house. Oh, so we, we jumped into the crib and we set up a studio in one of the bedrooms. So at that point, I, I had already started a little independent label mm -hmm. and uh, we, you know, my, my brother put out a mixtape. We pressed up probably, I don't even, man, maybe like a thousand copies. Like, I bought man. the CD tower, burner <laughs> yeah. thing, all that. Like, we ordered the 5,000 mixtape covers out of the magazine. Um, and, we, and we still got some of the mixtape covers. Yeah. <laughs> still, huh? Yeah, but we pressed up about a thousand. Um, and we were just, we tried to sell them. Uh, it was very tough. Selling mixtapes from an unknown artist. All right. I mean, but we did the Ladera Center, the where Jumbo Juice is on Century by In and Out. Oh damn! Hollywood. We we did all that just to kind of get our feet wet with the hustling aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, we got the studio. Um, and at that point, like so many people started to latch on. I had like seven or eight artists, R&B singer. Mm -hmm. um, and we got this studio set up. So in my mind, we about to be no limit. Like, <laughs> you know I, I, idolize, I idolize Master P and Jazz Prince. 
so much. Like, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a buddy of mine, he rapped. And he had a studio set up at his house. He went over there. I went over there to hang out with him. And he put me on two songs. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just got on them. I got good feedback. So, you know, I kept that in the back of my mind. The artists I had, they weren't showing up to the studio. Like, nobody was kind of holding up their end of the bargain. So I just started toying around with it myself, man. Mm. And, you know, for a long time, I was making music that, like, in trying to put together albums, it was like, I have to have a party song. I have to have Mm -hmm. a song for the ladies. I have to have this and that. And, you know... It, t- it was a process, you know what I mean? Just finding where I was comfortable, the type of beats I like, because I was choosing a lot of stuff that I was uncomfortable on. Mm. And just to do it, you know what I mean? Right. And eventually I found my stride. And, you know, it's not too many people that I work with in anything. So, you know, I, I, I recorded so much music um, and, and to answer your question, I, I recorded my first song in 2007. Oh, damn. Um, and just to put it in perspective, from 2007 to 2012, mm-hmm. I probably made like 400 songs. Um, and I lost all of them. Oh, At a, no. I, man, my, my first hard drive that we had in the studio, it crashed. It, it, nobody can fix it. Like, I'm, I'm still hurt behind that. Because <laughs> we had so much, like, raw video footage. It, it, it just hurts uh, me. Like, I watched this Kanye documentary. I'm like, yeah. Had and then I had another incident that happened about 2011 where I had another two hard drives in my laptop and my backpack, which was in my car. Got broken into Christmas Eve. And they got Lost me, all too. That. They got me man, too, Chris. Man, they you know, it, it, it happens, man. Damn, but, damn. Um, you know, I, th- those are two times where I had to start over. Damn. Yeah. And I began, you know, I, I every each time I got better. And I got cool. smarter. Like, okay, I have a hard drive now that does not leave the house. Like, yeah. And then I have my one that I take with me. So um, I just started working. And I had a, this was 2017. Because I, I, I also in the process of this, I quit several times. <laughs> um, I quit because, number one, um, you know, it's not a, it has to be a labor of love. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like the, typically it's not going to be that story where you make a, a hit song and, you get on the radio and sign this million dollar radio, you don't go like that. It's not it. Um, so, you know, it was moving too slow for me. I was doing stuff in the streets. I'm like, I'm making more money doing this, so yeah. why would I give attention to this? Um, I had another time where I walked away from it where I helped a bunch of artists. Um, you know, certain people like YG, RJ, Slim 400, rest in peace. Like, mm-hmm. they started working with me. They started working uh, at, at our studio at the house, like, type Damn. stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't feel like they were reaching back like they should have been. Or, mm-hmm. or doing, rather, I say doing what I would have done. Of course. In, in their shoes. You know what I mean? So I was kind of jaded by that. Um, I kind of got into the writing side for a while. Mm-hmm. I have a producer buddy that I work with. It's my friend, actually, but M16. Um, mm-hmm. He's from Alabama. He lives in Atlanta, but he did, like, Duffel Bag Boys, 2 Chains, oh, yeah, Lil Wayne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that I Do with Jeezy, Andre 3000, and uh, yeah. who else is on that, man? Jay-Z is on there. Yeah, I was going to say it's Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. So he, he did those beats. Like, so, you know, he's like, Damn. Tapped in, so um, working with him, like he introduced me to some people, and 
helped me get into writing and all that stuff. So I was doing that for a while. I moved to D.C. Uh, for a couple of years, ended up working with the kid, Shy Glizzy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but once I came back, I had a young homie, my boy Wavy B. I've been knowing him from the barbershop since he was a young kid. He was like 14. He used to send me beats. I used to be like, bro, it's, it's not ready. Yet. It's not on the level. Um, but he had sent me some beats. This is in 2016, I believe. Sent me some beats and I, I didn't even open up the email for a long time. I was, I happened to be in Spokane, Washington. I was doing, I was hustling. I was in a hotel room. I was bored. Mm-hmm. I went through my email. I found these beats. I'm like, man, this shit is actually dope. <laughs> so I started writing to him. I was also in a weird headspace. My um, my uncle, my closest uncle had passed away a couple of years before that. So, and the beats were like dark, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of just vented everything I was feeling on the beats and mm-hmm. talked about some family stuff. And I called it 7108. That's the hospital where my uncle passed away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I finished this project. I got it mixed and I'm sitting on it. I had all these plans and all this stuff that I wanted to do. I also stopped hustling at the time, so I didn't have the same budget to work with. Oh, so from there, you know, I, I ended up going to a studio one day. I did a verse with one of my boys. And there was an engineer in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling him, I'm playing the music for him. I'm giving him all these plans I got. And the engineer, that was my first time ever meeting him. He, he changed my life. Can't remember his name, but thank you, whoever you are. But he said something to me, he said, he was like, is this the last um, project you're ever going to put out? And I'm like, no. And he's like, well, why are you so emotionally attached to it? And I'm like, I didn't have an answer. <laughs> so That's true. That's true. From there, I dropped the project within a month. Oh, wow. Um, no videos, no nothing. Got great feedback. And I'm uh, sorry, my allergies been acting nah, up. Nah, like, oh, the same, bro. bro. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, it's pollen and killing me. But um, he uh, he said that to me. I released the project a month later. Got good feedback, but I didn't have any. Um, I didn't have any videos. I didn't have nothing to support it. So what I did from there, I started to. Um, so uh, let me go back a little bit. So also. When I stopped hustling, I kind of, I didn't have a real direction of what I was about to do next. So, I, you know, I had my little couple of weeks of being down on myself and all that. Jumped out of that, I forced myself to write a verse every day and work out every day. Nice. For I did it for 100 days straight. Oh. So, and verses I'm writing to like popular beats. I'm just going on YouTube, finding stuff. Working out at, at the gym I'm at now. Um, I'm, I'm doing this 100 days, you know, roughly a little over three months. Um, what became, what, what that became was, like I said, I didn't have anything to support my album. So now I, I started recording these verses that I wrote uh, on these beats. Started releasing them on SoundCloud. Mm, I didn't have no money to get no artwork done, so I started making the artwork myself. (laughs) I I called the series um, Samoa. Every every time I would get to 10, I would put it together as a mixtape and release it on Audio Mac. Um, I did... Did that for 56 weeks. Damn. Um, that kind of, you know, gave me a buzz until I got some other stuff going. Now I got some bread, so I, you know, putting out my next album the following year, um, 80s Money, Broken Dangerous. Right. I had the merch, and, and now I got video content. So, you know, that's been my journey through music, man. Like, it, it's, like, at this point, it's a labor of love. Um I love it. It's therapy. 
um, I'm, I'm, you know, following the footsteps of people like Nipsey in the, in the way of monetizing it. That's why I haven't released anything in a while. Uh, I'm switching up how I'm going to release my music, uh, going direct to consumer. Because mm -hmm. as artists, as but before I'm an artist, I'm a businessman. So, you know, stuff doesn't make sense. Dealing with Spotify, Apple Music, we get right. beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get less than a penny per stream. Um, that's that doesn't make sense at all, at all. <laughs> so you know, why can't I sell my art to my tribe of people that want to hear it? Mm -hmm. Even if it's a hundred people, if I put it together with merch, you know, I can get a nice number for these packages. That's true. To a hundred people at my pace. Yep. And it makes sense. It's not it's right. not a lot of rappers uh, making $60,000 a year off their music no, or not. merchandise. You know what I'm saying? So I've just been putting that together um, more than anything. And I, and I got a solid plan in place. I got a pretty good team. I got some stuff coming up in the next few months. But yeah, man, that, that's where I'm at with the music. That's how I got to where I'm at with the music. That's man. dope. That's, that's dope. More people need to hear that, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, you more more people need to hear that. Okay, we're gonna transition just a little bit. Yep. We talk about music. We talk about hoopers. <laughs> I need to. I need you to tell me the best hooper in the NBA or has ever played in the NBA to release an album, rap wise. Had the best <laughs> rap career, hooper in your opinion. Um, yeah. I gotta say. Probably got to go with Shaq, man. Okay. Because um, Shaq has some big records, man. Like, he, he has some huge records. Okay. Like, like even, uh, you know, that the loose ends, you can't stop the rain, like that kind of oh. sparked up again with uh, the BMF show. Yeah. Everybody oh, started yeah, yeah. Again. Um, like yeah. Shaq was the first one to use that sample, him and Biggie. Yeah. And that's one of Biggie's nicest verses ever. Yeah, ever, ever, yeah. Um, yeah, Shaq has some records, man. And stuff he did with Quick and like the Full Snickers. Mm -hmm. I got to give it to Shaq, but I think my favorite song by a Hooper is remember when Cedric Sabalos had that song "Flow On" to the yeah, Float On sample. Yeah, <laughs> <That's a laughs> that record, bro. Like that was man. Like growing up down the street from the farm. Yeah. Oh my god. It was I on that. It was on that. It was on that little the mixtape. I forgot what it's called. Like. uh Secret Hooper. It was some little mix yeah, of all the yeah, NBA yeah. players. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Man. <laughs> but but I mean, that um, damn, that's crazy. But uh, I mean, like Damian Lillard is probably the best rapper that I've heard yeah. as a Hooper. Even I like uh, Miles Bridges what he's doing, man. Like that Detroit sound because he's a yep. Michigan kid. Like yeah. Miles Bridges is hard to me. I don't even think he wants to play basketball anymore. I think he wants to just rap. <laughs> I seen he been going hard at it like lately. He been going hard, man. <laughs> he been going hard lately. It's crazy, but I, I, I do like um I, I do like those two. But like I said, I think Shaq has been the most successful mm -hmm. um at blending the two. Um considering like he's a megastar on the court. Right. Like sometimes you got dudes that really aren't that good, not Hall of Famers, um, for mm -hmm. anything. And then they can rap pretty good, but like to have both and be successful at both is right. kind of crazy. It Think is. about. Yeah, just don't be like Booby Gibson. That's all. Just give up everything. Just, hey, you know it's crazy though. It's, man, it's just, I, I worked with Booby before, man. Like Booby, is, is he nice? Nah, he's nice. He's like you know that okay. kid Kirko Bangs from Houston. Yeah, yeah. They make they make like the same type of music because he's from uh, Texas. So uh, like I was I was surprised, man. I got a buddy that um did security for Booby, and went to the studio with him one night, and like I was I was it was, it was a crazy session because there was this other dude. He, he used to be really good at the Drew League. Played overseas. Um, Gerard Anderson. Okay. What's his Drew League name? Man, I, I just I just know they used to call him Anderson. You know, Gerard oh, okay. Anderson. He played on uh, he played on problems with uh 
I can't remember Mike's last name, but Mike was him and Mike were like two best players on. Oh, I got you. Like in 2011. Exactly. Okay. You probably seen him, Kyle. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure, but for sure. but I mean, he was like jumping out the gym, crazy, like. Yeah. But he was engineering the session. Oh damn! And I'm like, bro, like, what you doing here? <laughs> like, but it, it was a crazy night, and uh, like, Bowie played some like great music for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was a producer from Chicago, Nascent. He's dope. Um, he was in there with the beats. Like it was, it was a dope session, man. It was like a nice surprise. See? Yeah. Okay. See, I learned something right there. <laughs> yeah, no, Booby's nice, man. I, I, I tell everybody, like, because I've heard people say the same thing, but Booby's nice. Um, okay. I don't know why the, you know, he had a lot of stuff going on. The Keisha call, you know, who knows was, yeah, yeah, why right. certain things right, happened. Right, he, right. he he makes good music, though. I don't think the love of hip-hop gave him the look that mm-hmm. he was going for. Um, Cause like it's probably ten percent of people that go on that show that actually put out music. Yeah, right. true. And it's another true. half of that that put out music that are successful. <laughs> That's true. True. So I don't think that was the best move, but he does have some good music, man. I, I don't know about now, but I know a couple <laughs> years ago he did. All right, all right, all right. Sure. So, in your opinion, uh, why do you why do you believe that? Basketball and hip hop are like so synonymous with each other. Like, hoopers want to be rappers and rappers want to be hoopers. I, I think each, <laughs> like, I think it starts with the girls. Like, I think, <laughs> I, but I think each wants the girls, the female attention that the other gets. Gotcha. Like, I, I have a friend, man, he passed away a couple years ago. Um, this dude was like six, seven. Trash. <laughs> um, he was trash in sports, period. But I, I tell you a funny story. Like, he didn't want to play basketball because when he went to Inglewood High, they tried to make him play the four. He didn't want to play football because he was a lineman, an offensive lineman. So he said, I'm like, bro, why didn't you just play? He said, he didn't play football because he's like, man, I'm not about to block for this dude. And he scored all the touchdowns and get all the girls. Oh, and then he's like, I'm not about to get rebounds and pass it out to this dude. So, he, <laughs> so that, that was his logic to why he didn't, like, continue whole sports. Wow. So, I, you know, ultimately, <laughs> that's why men do most of the things we do for female True. attention. So I think okay. – that plays a big part in it. Um, and then just growing up in the inner cities, most of us do both. Right. Growing up, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're around both and you try your hand at both. Uh, you know, some are good at both. Some are good at one. Some are not good at either. <laughs> right. You, know, you got to find your niche. So I, I, I think it's, it's just uh, like that. Like that's just what we do. Like it's, I think, mm-hmm. and a lot of us, it's just in our DNA um, to at least try these things. Exactly. That's true. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, what's the meaning behind broken dangerous? Man. Um, I mean, it's a few ways you can look at it. Um, you know, the obvious um, connotation of it would be, you know, like, you don't have no money, you're you about to figure it out by, right. by any means, you know. But it's the, it's the same thing on a, on a positive note. Um, you know, like I said, I did all of this work musically with no budget for a while. Um I became dangerous because now I don't need to pay a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, you know, go to the super big studio. I don't need a record label at this point. You know what I mean? I can do it all myself um, to get to the level that I want to be. Um, I don't need all of these things. And anytime you're not at a necessity for certain things, you're you're dangerous to the structure of the system. 
Because, mm. um, you know, I'm trying to teach everybody. I got some youngins around me, and every chance I get, I'm like, bro, you don't have to do that. You can do this yourself. And then they come back to me like, man, that's, that ain't even cost me nothing. It's like, bro, you're about to give away a percentage of, you know, income for your children. Yeah. But something you can do for yourself. It, it takes a little bit more work. It takes a little bit more time. But you've built a foundation for yourself. And like I said, your kids can eat. What if they use a song you made for a commercial? And you don't have this record label attached to it or owning it or whatever. Like your kids, kids, kids can eat. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what it means. And then I, on the back of my shirt, I have a saying like, "I'm sorry for what I did when I was broke." Yeah. Um, I think everybody can relate to that. For sure. I, I, like when I when I wear my stuff, or people tell me when they had it on. They get stopped by white people more than anything. I've been in the um, at the LACMA Museum, bro, and people that work there, like these old white people, like, man, I can relate to that shirt. It's like crazy. I, recently, um, my brother and his best friend, they were in Vegas for my brother's birthday last month. And they sent me a video of a lady buying the hoodie off my brother's friend's back for $100. Wow. Like right in the casino, I don't know. That's crazy. Damn. That is crazy. But yeah. like, yeah, that that um that saying that that merch like has taken on a life of its own, way bigger. I thought it would be. I thought it would be just attached to that album. Cause I, I have so many other ideas I haven't even been able to move on from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. but it's crazy. I, I I love it, man. I'm, I'm I'm proud of it. Uh, I love the response. I'm appreciative of the interest and the response to it, man. So, you know. I mean, it's it's something that we all can relate to because, like, when you broke, like you said, man, you you got to do it. You got to figure it out. You got to yeah, do sure. whatever you got to do, man. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we got to figure it out for sure, for sure. So we just recently saw through your Instagram that you uh, you are a marathon runner now. Uh, you it's just good. did your, your – completed a 10K, like, can you tell us, like, the process of how you got into that and, like, you know, your trainings uh, and all that just just to even run a marathon because that's crazy. Yeah, I got, it's funny. Um, I got, I'm doing a marathon Sunday. LA Marathon yeah. is Sunday on the 20th. Ooh, good luck, bro. I'm, I'm right back at it, man. <laughs> I just made my appointment, my last appointment for physical therapy. I'm right back at it. But, man, honestly, I have a uh, – uh, I don't even say a love-hate relationship. Well, I will say that. I will say that. Because I don't like women. Right. At all. I, I do not. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, nah, I just, nah. Um, I've never been a runner. I've always, I've been fast my whole life. High school, I'm saying, I'm not staying after school to run. They used to ask me to run track. Right. Not staying after school to run. Are you crazy? <laughs> um <laughs> And it's just been a it's it's been a journey for me in running because even up here at, at our gym, um, we there, there's a run from the gym to the Manhattan Beach Pier and back. It's about three point three miles. Okay, remember the first time I did it, I ran with my boy, and I'm like, man, just go ahead, man. I'll be I'll be back when I get back. <laughs> um, but I, I conquered that run. Um, I used to set a goal for myself a couple years ago, like, I'm I'm going to do 50 miles a month, okay. um, which I did it twice mm -hmm. ever. I, I, would, I would never do them in consecutive months. I would do it here and there. I did it twice. But once the pandemic hit, um, our gym had to close. I was like, man, I can't. I, I got bored with working out at the crib. Like, I, like, I got to do something. I can't just sit here. Yeah. I remember it was April 13th. Cause I did a, me and my girl, we did a um, 10 day green smoothie cleanse. So from mm -hmm. April 1st to the 10th, just nothing but green smoothies. Um, I was going to start running on the 11th. But I was like, man, I got to get. 
my energy right for doing I get my mind right. That's what it was. So April 13th, I ran three miles. Um, forced myself to do it every day. So by the end of April, I had 52 miles. Nice, man. So May, I did 100. June, I did 150. Um, and and it, I just kept going. Um, so at the end of 2020, I ended up with 713 miles. Damn, bro. Wow. So I wanted to do the marathon. Um, you know, the marathon is normally in March. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it last year in March because I did. I started off, like I said, I ended up with 713. I started off January of 2021. I did 237 miles that month. That was, that was, huh? In that one month? Yeah, yeah, one month. And and that was, that was a test for myself because number one, I hate the cold Mm -hmm. and I don't like running. So I ran every morning at 5 a.m. in the cold. Um, I didn't, I did not miss a day. And I ran range, rain or whatever. I got out there. Damn. So at that point, I was like, I'm ready to do this marathon. Um, you know, I, when it, it it didn't happen in, in March, they didn't have a rescheduled date yet. So by the time I got to June, I was like, man, I'm about to do 250 miles, at least 250. So the first day of June, I did three miles that morning, June 1st. Um, I got home, I was like, man, well, I ran at the gym. So then when I got home, I was like, I'm about to run some more. So my knee kind of felt weird. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, I ran anyway. I did 12 miles with my knee hurt. Damn. That was my only run for June. Like my, wow. my I, don't, I, I never went to the doctor or anything. I just oh, okay. rested. Yeah. Got back into it July. And marathon came up for November. That was my first like official race. I wish I had done it different. I wish I had done a 5K, 10K. Cause at the end of the marathon, I ended up with like 27 miles because I was weaving through the group. Um, in which that's not the smart way to race. So I learned from it, but I got it done. Um, signed up to the next one immediately. I got a goal of doing three of them this year. Uh, so I've done two halves this year so far. The 10K, two 5Ks. Do this marathon Sunday. Um, I'm either this fall, I'm either going to Chicago or New York to knock the marathon out. <laughs> Yeah, whatever else pops up, man, I'm just going with the flow. So now you're a real runner now. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> this guy is serious. serious. I'm buying, like, these expensive-ass <laughs> Nikes to run in. I'm like, damn, like, I'm really one of them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, you're a real runner now if you're doing man, marathons, bro. Nah, for sure, man. It, it's a, it's an experience um, unlike any other one because um, mm-hmm. you figure – now, I, I, I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but I've seen, like, some stuff on the internet that says, like, only 1.6% of people in the world actually do one in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, and then when you get out there, you see these groups. Like, they have a group at the L.A. Marathon called the Legacy Runners. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done all 37 marathons. Well, 36. This will be the 37. This group has done all 30. Six LA marathons. Wow. One of them I saw out there, he was 77 years old in a wheelchair. There's an incline coming out of downtown going to Echo Park. Mm -hmm. He's pushing up the incline. Somebody tried to help him. He got mad. And I saw him finish. You know what I mean? Um you know, and along with, like, you know, that's one of the success stories. Um, There's so many people who don't make it. Man, I, I compare it to, like, you know those movies where it's a war, a war movie? 
mm-hmm. and you're trying to make it back to the base and people next to you are just Dying, dying, yeah, that, that's how it is, man. You see these people, they look like they're in great shape, they got all the run gear on, they got the water bottles on their belt, yeah. And then they, they, he flew past me, then like three, four miles later, like he laid out, like crying, like he because he can't finish, damn. damn. And it, it, it's it bothers you, it, man, mentally. And then the route now, like I've heard the route used to end in Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. It is in Century City now, but you pass through Century City, so it's kind of a mental game because you got people finishing and you still got six miles to go. Oh, and it's like damn, like <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So it is it, 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 it's a dope experience, man. You see, you know, all ages, uh, all different. Physical builds, like people mm-hmm. you wouldn't think were in shape or out there. You see, I saw three people doing it with no shoes or socks on. Like, you got people doing it in costume. Like, it's, it's insane, bro. You think 20,000 people running from Dodger Stadium to Century City. That's wild. Insane, man. Yeah, they got, like, live music on. They got, like, stages and bands playing on Parts oh, of the route, like it's crazy. People handing out beer and shots once you get down into uh, <laughs> Westwood and Brentwood, man, it's crazy. That's like crazy, it, it was a bro. dope experience, man. That's cool, man. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming this next question will be I already know the answer to, but it probably helps you with your running. What's your involvement with uh, Beastie Boxing? I'm assuming this has helped you, huh? <laughs> Training, yeah. Work. So I mean. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know if you remember, man. I, I used to box at Rogers Park um, when we were kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, not, I mean, teenagers. Teenagers, all right, yeah. Wild yeah, at so, Rogers Park. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I've, I've always been, like, into boxing. Um, I got away from it because, I, you know, we didn't have, like, real coaches mm-hmm. to kind of really keep you close yeah, and get yeah, you training yeah. for real. But Right. Always love boxing. Um, my buddy that founded the gym, um, he moved to LA early 2000s. We met at the barbershop. He he was a pro fighter and an actor. And, like he's the craziest person I know when it comes to working out. I, I give him all of the credit for all of the crazy things I do work. Like we've done some wild stuff. I've seen him do wild stuff. Um, but we we would work out in his garage. We would work out at Darby Park. We would work out at his church. We would work out in the farm parking lot. All this stuff over the years. So when I was in D.C., um, he opened up the gym with a partner. So, you know, that was at about three years ago, his partner left. Like I said, my boy is an actor. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Southpaw. With, I haven't uh, seen it. I, I know the movie. I know the movie. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it though. But yeah, I, I so the, the the first scene of the movie, um, he's the guy fighting Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay, I gotta then go he, back and check it out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then he did the all of the boxing choreography for the movie and everything. Nice. So. Once his other business partner left, he had another partner um, that he did his acting skits with. Okay. Um, she invested into the gym. Then the pandemic hit. She she left. She didn't think the gym was going to survive. Um, so, you know, he was thinking about closing it. I'm like, nah, bro. Because uh, along with the gym, um, he has a foundation I'm a part of as well called the Be Move Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of youngsters, um, Compton and Inglewood, that like they come work out for free. Um, and, you know, some of them don't have that father figure or yeah. big brother or whatever. Um, I mean, we've done like retreats. Or we slept at the gym. Um, you know, it, it's crazy. Like some of the, a couple of the boys, 
Well, one of them, for instance, he's a 4.0 student, mm -hmm. um, track star. He goes to Lawndale High, football star. He'll be a senior next year. But he calls me. Well, now he's driving. As of last week, he was driving his dad's truck. I'm like, damn, man, I'm getting old. <laughs> but, but he calls me like, man, can you pick me up on the way to the gym? Like, I'm, I'm talking about four in the morning. Oh, damn. It's a 15-year-old kid. Nice. Like, I ain't got nothing but respect. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we do with the Beastie Academy, the B-Move Foundation. Um, so, you know, I'm like, man, let's – like, we, we can't let this go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I jumped in, and we've been going since then. So just to, like, kind of bring you guys in, so – at the end of 2020, once um, the NBA teams came back from the bubble, I have a friend, she works for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. um, she came back to train with me. So from, you know, who will follow with that was, we had KCP's wife, McKenzie, she trains with us. Um, Markeith Morris, mm -hmm. his wife. Um, Ariza's wife, uh, man, I can't even think of all of them, but oh, Danny Green's wife will come through, mm. um, the two massage therapists for the Lakers, oh, like they don't even know, like they kept us afloat. Wow, wow, man, um, but just you know, getting to know them, like even Markeith Morris would come spar. Like, I sparred with him, bro. He's six, eight, bro. Like, right. <laughs> I had to get inside, you know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but yeah, like, it, it's, you know, and, and on top of, you know, we got a great local clientele, people that live mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. But, man, like, yeah, I, I do a lot of kids' classes now. So, it, it's, 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 a, it's fun, man. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm working. That's, that's the, important. The day. Man, that, that's like, you know, I have long days. Don't get me wrong. Like, I get here at 5. Monday and Wednesday, I'm not out of here until about 8 p.m. Damn. But I mean, I have my little gaps during the day, but, you know, like, I have some long days. But like I said, it's fun, man. I, I go for my runs. Um, I get to have my son in here with me. We, we do a lot of community work. Like, we just did it. We do a um, – we have a um, – Thing we do called NIMBY is not in my backyard. Okay. We do trash cleanup. We done Compton, Inglewood. We just did one in Manhattan Beach yesterday. So it's, you know, it's a lot of stuff with this gym. Um, it's a very special place. My, like I said, my partner, Cedric, his name is Cedric Jones. He's a very, his energy is the, you know, the fuel that keeps the gym going. Um, we have members that literally, like, you would think they want to come get in shape. Like, no, nah, they just want to take his class. Wow. <laughs> um, so it, it's it's more than just a gym for me mm -hmm. and for us. Um, and, you know, he has a son the same age as my son. They're growing up together. They're, they're learning how to box together. They get in trouble together. Like, we have the beach cleaning up. They go get in the water fully clothed. <laughs> like, why would you do that? But, you know, that's what you do with your boy. Like, like I was just talking about, like, that's yep. the childhood. That's the stuff we used to do. Yep. I, and be, I, I, and I, I, was, I was so upset. I'm like, of course. You know, to change the clothes. I said, look, and I, I was like, I said, why did you do it? He was like, man, it was fun. And he didn't even get in trouble because he gave me that honest answer. He didn't get no trouble. Yeah, yeah. I, hey, Chris, real quick, I just I want to say that I think it's crazy that coming full circle, how Mike Solomon helped all of us, giving us an opportunity at the Inglewood yep. Y, and now you're doing this with kids, giving them an opportunity and an outlet. I think it's the most amazing thing, man. So I just say thank you and just want to say uh, it. Thank you, sure. man. Like it's like I, I get it. Like I really get it now. Yeah, I, I, I get the sacrifices they made for us. Like we thought right. they just for like working or whatever. Like right. yeah. uh, it's, it's more than that. Like it ain't about yeah. the money. Like they really genuinely loved all of us. And mm -hmm. you know, I try to provide that. Like 
ultimately our goal is to get a um, community center similar to YMCA, but where mm-hmm. we, we have um, b- boxing available, basketball, swimming, tutoring, and dance, wh- whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you're into, uh, coding, all of this stuff, because, we, you know, we have resources. Even, you know, have you guys um, yeah, teaching media? You know what I mean? Let us like, know, bro. We'll come yeah. down for sure. Yeah. I'm into all that. Yeah, yeah but we're, we're, like, really trying to, excuse me, build this facility for our kids. Um, and like I said, man, we in Manhattan Beach, like, a lot of our clients have the resources. Yes. Um. So, you know, it's just a matter of getting it done yeah. at this point. What's the what's the what's the youngest you guys take? I'm asking selfishly for myself. Man, bring him, man. You say five. I got five. I, I usually start at six. I started with my son at three. Okay. So I know which ages like work. Yeah, um, five is wild. cool. Five wild, is cool, though. but but uh, I have one four-year-old kid, man. Like He's he's he he's learning so fast. Like it's mm-hmm. he's a very bright kid. He's smart. He's he gets concepts quickly. Uh, I love working with him. At first, like I didn't want to take him. Even the first day he came in, like he cried. He would not do anything. I'm like, see, this is what I'm like. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of eased him into it. Uh, and now he he's learning, man. That's my little guy, Kevin, man. So okay. Um. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I start at six, but you know, if if I know the parents, I know what type of five year old it is or four year old, I'll take him because, like, why not? You know what I mean? But yeah, he about to be random, six. He about to be six in four, May, so oh yeah, but like a random four or five year old, <laughs> nah, no, <laughs> I feel oh, you. No. Cause they a handful. They a handful at that. Age. It, it, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. Trying to get them to learn and keep everybody focused. Mm-hmm. It's so what's next for you? Like, what you got on the agenda? And running, <laughs> more running. Uh, man, I, I like. I still spar, boxing. Like, I, I this this kid, man. He was twenty six. 13 and one as a pro. Um, Anthony Loriano from Connecticut, man. We got some rounds in recently. Um, man, just, just learning, man, and trying to make some more mistakes so I can yeah. learn some more and give these youngsters the game, man. And, you know, just make some ways, make, make it easier for them, a little bit easier. Whatever I can do to make it a little bit easier for you. That's what's up. That's all I'm on. And, and I, I, I know this. I, I connect better with people by leading by example. Mm-hmm. Like I have some boys that I train, um, <clears throat> baseball players at Sierra. I remember when I first started working with them, they used to look at me like, man, you got us doing all this stuff, man. You, you don't do this. And that, that's our philosophy at this gym. It's like, mm-hmm. We're not those trainers just like front five miles, dude, a thousand and they, be, and they be overweight. Dorian and I <laughs> yeah, talk about it all the time that especially basketball coaches with the big old yeah, shorts. Like, <laughs> suicide, like, bro, you can't run no suicide. But that's that's my every everything that I didn't like about my coaches, right? I'm the opposite. Cause like I'm not gonna ask you to do anything that I haven't done, I won't do with you. Or that I'm not doing every day. So that's how I got the respect of my baseball boys, man. Like I worked out with them, I busted. Yeah. Then I told them I was starting up. <laughs> then they like, oh, oh. Hell no. <laughs> but but I got their respect like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, like I said, just pushing the envelope, man. Like I I, I really like, I have a, I have a buddy, man, that's in a wheelchair. Uh, which kind of keeps me inspired with running. Like he told me before, like because I, I would go do mitts with him um, mm-hmm. in, in the chair, and he was like, "Man, I wish I could run." And it's like I don't take anything for granted. Like all everything is something to me. Uh, 
being able to eat and take a, a hot shower, man, it's, it's yeah. rough out here. It is. I don't take it that is. for granted. So I'm going to continue to, you know, use my body until I can't. Yeah, that's smart, man. So, yeah, that's, man. That's smart. When I was releasing the freestyles called Samoa of it. That's my motto, man. Samoa of it. Samoa everything. Yeah. And I like that that you, you know, you take on challenges. Like, you know, if you if you go on your social media, you could definitely see that. Like you like once you start something, you stay dedicated to oh, it. Yeah. Yeah, you don't I mean, mind making the mistakes, like you said, like because that's the only way you learn. And yeah. you know. I, I just want to applaud you just as another brother to another yeah, brother. Like you, what man. you're doing is is exactly what all of us should be doing for each other because that's yeah. gonna build us all up and you know build that community that we all need mm-hmm. to help up, you know, the next generation. Cause if we don't help them, then they just gonna be lost, man. Yeah, yeah. It's man, I see it every day. Like yeah, I, I talk to them, it's like, bro. Like, that's your way of thinking. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's crazy too because we don't often see ourselves as like a a role model or or somebody that can be a role model or a leader. But you can use your experiences that you've had in your life to help somebody else, and you don't know how impactful that's going to be to them. So, like, just by you sharing like your life experiences and like what you've gone through and giving that back to the kids is. Ultra important. And, and they're looking for it, man. Like, I have, I have a little homie, man. He's 20 years old. He's 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's about to turn pro boxing. His Instagram is JoJo Too Fast. Like, okay. He got a knockout on there. Like, it's like that fast. But, um, you know, like, like him, um, my other boy, Jamal, he's about to go pro too. But, like, they'll hit me. Yeah, text me. Like, man, you free today? Like, yeah. Just to talk, you know what I'm saying? Like another young homie that work out up here, he he raps and stuff. So it's just like, you know, I, I've done so much in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I've tried so many things that if nothing else, I can tell you what doesn't work. <laughs> right. And that that, that could save you some time and money yeah. um, alone. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm I, I love I love that I love that my son gets to see me do that uh, I love how my son gets to see me treat people so you know a lot of questions that he may have will be answered in just how to treat people how to act mm-hmm. in the world you know so it's you know it, life life is good man it's fun yeah it is. It's amazing. I, I, value, like I, said, I value every day. I value every situation. I, I don't believe in um, – I believe in balance. Uh, yeah. I think – I don't believe in good or bad. I think every situation that we encounter is equal parts of both. Um, one example I use is take somebody like 50 Cent, right? When, when he got shot nine times or whatever, um, you, you you think, like, say somebody came to him in his hospital bed and was like, man, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. Like, he, his, his voice changed. He does music for a living. He got shot in the mouth. But in actuality, it was the best thing that ever happened to him. So... You know, it's just like we have to have the correct perspective on things to see the good in these situations or to see the potential um, bad and things that are given to us or whatever. So it's, you know, life is balanced, man, all the way across the board. Facts, man. Facts. Yeah, that was well said. So yeah. uh, before we get out of here, make sure you give give out your social media so we everybody, <clears throat> all our followers can follow you and hit you up. Oh yeah, man. I'm um on Instagram still tipping two S T I L L T I P P I N the number two. Um, follow the gym at Beastie Boxing at B E B E A S T I E B O X I N G. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll if have the links. Work. We'll have the links in. in yeah, man. If y'all want to get a, the best workout, man, stop by Beastie, man. We get you right. Get your hands right. 
It's a lot of trainers out here robbing these celebrities <laughs> with boxing. They keep posting these videos. It's mid-work, man. It ain't looking right, man. If, if your trainer has never had a fight, might need a new trainer. <laughs> right. <laughs> you need to switch up your trainer. <laughs> yeah, like, man, I, I, I can tell. I can tell. We, we see it. Yeah. All yeah. Right. All right. Nah, so man, I, I wish everybody success, man. Even Whatever, man. Get it how you live. Yep. All right. Yep. So this is the fun part of the show for you. Uh, rapid fire. I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. You just pick one or the other. Um, and then Dorian's gonna end it with two questions for you. So you ready to go? Let's let's get it. All right. Uh, you need this. You need to pick up a person for pickup. Who you gonna pick up? Master P or the game in a basketball game? Master P. Damn. Master P. All right. Eddie Jones or Nick Van Exel. Nick the Quick, what? <laughs> 87 I like Eddie Lakers. Jones too, but Nick, for sure. Okay, 87 Lakers or 02 Lakers? Ooh. <laughs> That's a tough one. I got to go with Kobe, bro. 02. Okay, all right. Jordan 1s or Jordan 11s? 1s, easy. Doolins or Servant Spoon? Servant Spoon, easy. Mm -hmm. J. Cole or Quavo? Mm -hmm. I'd go a call. Mac 10, Ice Cube. Mac 10, Inglewood. <laughs> yeah. Harold Minor or Paul Pierce? Paul. Oh. Magic Johnson or LeBron? Ooh, I got to go with LeBron. I'll take LeBron. You're going to like this one. Inglewood Sports or Sports Section? Inglewood Sports, all day. All day. Shout out. What up? Where's Sean at? Sean, what's up? Sean on Instagram, man. Is oh, he? Is he? Yeah. Bro, please get that to, yeah, to us. I'm so a, we can, nah, I'm a, sure, I'm, yeah. I'll text you and we'll get that. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll get you Sean on Instagram. Yeah, he on there. That was Mike my guy. Mike on there, too. Yeah. Uh, Big, oh, yeah, Big West, we texting me every day. We all kind of YouTube gossip and stuff like that. <laughs> Man, nothing like Eagles sports. Man. Yeah, sports section every hat in the world, every like, jersey and jersey for and sure. Jersey, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People for don't sure. know about that. That was fun back in the day. The, and the sports section on market. You know, they yeah. had two stores. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, the one on the corner. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I remember because yep. I remember they they had got robbed because they they didn't uh, put a gate on that little section. The roll down door and the oh, window. Oh, yeah, they got like through the there. Yeah. Section. They was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so give us your top five hoopers all time. It's just your your top five. It don't have to be correct. It's just your top five. Man, I'm um, – Man, I'm really like Jordan, Scotty Pippen, okay. Larry Bird. Akeem Olajuwon. My guy. And Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. Hey. Unstoppable scorer, man. Chris Jackson, man. Yes. Hey, that was very unconventional top five, but I love it because I was a big fan. I am am still a big fan of Hakeem Olajuwon, as Kyle yeah. would tell you. He don't, get, he don't get enough credit, man. No, nah, man. Nah. Nah, that dude was a monster. The, the footwork, footwork was, like, was the footwork was crazy. Yeah, but you see, Kobe and them knew who to go to man. They went to go see the dream man. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, all right, yeah. so top five albums all time for you: rap or, or yeah, anything. whatever you can do. Rap, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, let's let's do rap. That'll be easier. Okay. Um, my favorite album is Spice One, One Eighty Seven. He wrote. Nice. I shouldn't have had that album at 11 years old. <laughs> no, you should not have. <laughs> no, nah, I, I man, my cousin gave me the tape, man. But that, um, hmm, that's a tough one. I like um, Nas, it was written. I do too. That's a good one. Um, I notice. <clears throat> Juvenile 400 Degrees. Okay. Classic. Mac 10 for life. I knew that was gonna be in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what got us on. And um yeah. man, let me see, man. That last one's tough. 
Man, I, I gotta say, um, man, it's, it's so many, it's so many <laughs> to say, but I, I'll go with um, Outcast, Southern Playlist. There it is. That's your that's your group. Don't I know? It hey, it worked yeah. out. It worked out. I, I know I'm gonna be mad. I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna be mad later. That I <laughs> oh yeah, you gonna have a you gonna have a lot of them. Like man, I should have said yep. this and that, but it's it's all. Nah, fun. but that's no. a that's a that makes you who you are, bro. Like, yeah, everybody and that's just on the fly, man. For yeah, sure. for sure, for sure. You yeah, didn't have right. he didn't have no research time. And nah, nah, it's on the nah, right, We try to keep you on your toes. That's why. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I, I stand on those. I stand uh, on those. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we want to appreciate you, man, for for taking time out of your day to join us on this uh, Shoot for Teens podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, we we'll make sure that we put all your information in the links below. Make sure everybody subscribe and comment on our YouTube. You can follow us on hardwoodbrand.com. All our information is there. We have more merch coming out soon. Uh, I'm signing off Old Man Ross, Sweatsuits and Fly Kicks, Spread Love and Not Hate. It's your man D Hill, the gift card bandit. Get in the gym, shoot some jumpers, at least about eight. Yes, sir. Peace. Get out of here.